And so today, um, we're going to have a party, and we're going to look at the story of, and here's how I know uh, we're going to have a party, because, um, you know, I probably will have some tongue twisters today. We're looking at the story of Elijah and Elisha. Um, so if I mix up the names, please have grace with me. <laughs> have grace with me. Let's be friends. Um, but during worship this morning, uh, I, was, I was just overwhelmed by something. Um, because it's student takeover service, and I just felt a sense of God's spirit, and I was reminded of this verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And I just thought to myself, like, what is that going to look like? I just thought to myself, man, I'm, I'm excited. And, and this isn't about, you know, who's doing what, either the younger generation or the older generation. It's not about who's prophesying or about who's, you know, dreaming dreams or about who's seeing visions. It's about this collective unity in the body of Christ. That we come under one spirit. And so my prayer for us this morning on this Student Takeover Sunday is that we would be united as a body of Christ. Because you see, what connects us is not our generation. What connects us is not, um, you know, what we have in common or the lived experience that we've shared together, although that's beautiful and there is a measure of connection there. But the deepest connection that me and you can possibly have is that we are both followers of Jesus. Because you see, if I'm a follower of Jesus and, and you are too, then that makes you my brother or sister. And I am your brother. And this is a beautiful thing because we need each other. You see, this whole year we've been talking about building your house. And again, it's, it's not about your house or my house. It's about God's house. It's a prayer saying, God, how can we build your house today? And I've loved going through all these different areas of provision and, and, and prayer and all these different kinds of things. But today, I just want us to talk practically. What does that look like to build your house together? Because the reality is, is that the only way that we can build God's house is if we do it together. And so today, my call to you, to each and every one of you, regardless of age, is can we do it together? Can we actually allow Holy Spirit to bring us together and that each day we're not separated by generation? Um, we're not separated by our preferences and we're not separated by, you know, what we've experienced, but we are united in Christ. And so I'm excited this morning. I remember growing up, um, I had so many fun experiences and I was so blessed to have so many older people around me. I remember when we first moved to Canada, I was three years old, and um, my parents, as soon as they came, the first thing that they did, they found a church. <laughs> that was like priority number one. So we found a church actually here in Ottawa, in Nepean, um, church called Bethel, beautiful, beautiful church, and um, we joined a small group. And I remember as a, as a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, we would go to these small group meetings. Crazy part about it is there wasn't any other kids there. It was just 
my siblings, and that's it. We, we were the children. But it was a beautiful, beautiful moment because those were formative years. Those were formative experiences. Those were moments where I got to experience the presence of God and just be around people who loved God. And I got to hear conversations that I didn't understand and wouldn't understand for years. But I got to be around it. And so today, as we look at the story of Elijah and Elisha, we're going to see a beautiful relationship. A beautiful relationship of one generation with the next. You see, Elijah was a prophet in Israel. And God had placed it on his heart. He, he, God had spoken to him and said, you're going to call my people to repentance. That was, that was his calling. That was his mission. And you see him engage in different moments, big and small, and call the nation of Israel to repentance. You see him on Mount Carmel, um, and, he call, and he's up against 400 false prophets. And he literally calls down fire down from heaven to prove God's existence and that God is the one and only God. And this is his call. And then you have Elisha who comes under, who Elijah meets Elisha and says, come, like, let's go. Leave everything. Let's go. And Elisha follows him. And so we're going to look at today a transition between one generation to the next. And it's found in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 to 14. So if you have your Bibles, you can feel free to flip there. Um, 2 Kings 2, 1 to 14. Before we go any further, let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Father, thank you that you are here with us and you desire to speak to our hearts. Father, thank you that you are calling us to unity in you. And so I pray that everything it is that we do this morning, I pray that our hearts would be encouraged, that our hearts um, would be uh, even challenged in, in many ways as to how we can continue to engage in this beautiful thing called community um, and, and engage with different generations that you ultimately might be glorified and that your kingdom may come on earth as it is in heaven. And so would you lead us and guide us today? Would you speak to our hearts? I pray that hearts would be opened in this moment. And Holy Spirit, would you lead this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 to 14, and here's where we pick up the story. Um, all right, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way to Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The, com the company of the prophets at Bethel came out, of Elisha, came out to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha, Elisha replied. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. 
And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided uh, to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah and Elisha, tell me, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see, if you see me when I am taken from you, I will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and together, uh, as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went to the heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah, Elisha uh, saw and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of the horse and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak and had fallen that had fallen from him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen against uh, from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Now, this is a crazy and exciting story for a few reasons. One, I don't know about you, but I have never taken my sweater, smacked some water, and had it divide in two. Has anybody had that experience? No? I'm just curious. It's crazy what it is that is happening in this moment. Because Elijah has been given power by God to fulfill the calling that God has placed on, Elijah, on his life. And now this role of, of prophet and um, this calling that Elijah initially had has been translated to Elisha. And it's this beautiful, beautiful moment of transition where God's kingdom is continually moving forward and the people of Israel are continually being called back into repentance to Christ. And here's the truth. Is that today, you know, we might not live in Israel, but there is a world that we need to call back to Christ. Christ is all that we need. He's all that our world longs for. And we as a church have been given this role of going into the world and making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. This is our call. You as an individual have a purpose that God has placed on your life. But as a collective, we have a calling to go and make disciples. We have a calling to go and share the good news with others. And so why is this important today? Well, because if we're going to be effective ministers of the gospel, if the church as a whole is going to be effective in reaching those who don't know Christ, we're going to need all generations working together. Because you see... 
when you're young, you've got so much energy and you're so foolish. I'm, I say that in love to all our students in here. Like, I, like, honestly, I know that because I've been there. Like, you, you're just full of excitement. You're like, I can do anything, and I can go here, and I can have three hours of sleep and survive the next day. But when it comes to life, there's still so much that is needed to be learned. And for older generations, friends, you have experienced so, so much. You've lived some things. You've seen God do some incredible things. And there are things that God has revealed to you that if they're not shared, that if they're not presented to the next generation, they will be lost. And what was meant to be a gift to God's church fades. And so my challenge is for both generations today, for all generations, because you see, we all have a, a generation that we can learn from, and we all have a generation that we can invest in. We all have a generation that we can learn from, and we all have a generation that we can invest in. And that includes you students. If you're listening to this, there is a generation which you can invest in, and they are in life kids at this very moment. Or they're being held by their parents in this very moment. It is this beautiful thing that we all have a generation that we can learn from. We all have people who have walked with God before us. And this is a beautiful thing. Because in the middle of life, we can find ourselves believing that something is impossible only to be reminded by somebody with more wisdom than us that they have seen incredible things be done in their lives. And so therefore, God is still good and he's still faithful and he can do things in our lives as well. Friends, it's exciting living in community. Could you imagine if you and I had to do this Christian walk by ourselves? Liz? Is it okay if I put you on the spot for a second? You're okay with it? This is my sister, Liz. She is absolutely incredible. And over this past season, she's gone through so much. But I remember on Sunday morning, having conversations with her, and she was just sharing, hey, this is going on in my life. Like, this is kind of what's going on. It's, it's hard, you know, but here's what I know, is that God is fighting for me. And I remember listening. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, this is incredible. Because it wasn't said from a place of, like, uh, I've studied, so therefore I know this to be true. It was said from a place of conviction, from some experience, from some trials, from some um, just truth that God has spoken into her heart. And it was such an encouragement to me. And it was also of equal encouragement when she shared, hey, remember that thing I was telling you about? God came through. And I got to witness that transition of faith into reality. And in my own walk, it's an encouragement because I know that God does miracles. 
If, if I didn't before that, I know now. And so, friends, what has God deposited in your life? What miracles has God done in your life that you can share with the next generation? Because you see, Elijah had been through a lot. He'd been through so much. He'd ran for his life. He'd been scared. He'd been threatened to death. He'd been, you know, he'd experienced a lot. And here's the beauty of it. It's, it's not, Elijah was willing to share his life with Elisha. So, so wonderful. And on the other side of it, Elisha was committed to being with Elijah. He was committed to being there. You see it multiple times. Elijah is continually saying, God has called me to go there. And he doesn't say, Elisha, you should come with me. He says, Elisha, you stay here. This is something that God has called me to. And so regardless of our generation, we all are responsible for personal obedience to Christ. And we share a testimony by how we walk that out. And so Elijah says, I know where God has called me to. You don't have to come, but I'm going to go. And this is a testimony to Elisha. And then Elisha does something beautiful, and he says, you know, surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. In other words, I'm committed to you, and I'm committed to the calling that God has called us to. This isn't something that he's just called you to. He's, this is something that now I'm a part of this, and now he's called us to be ministers of the gospel. Now he's called us to, to do ministry together. And it's this beautiful commitment that Elisha shares. And throughout the whole story, you see Elisha not wasting any moment to learn and glean. So friends, any of us that are younger, let's learn from the older generation. Let's have ears to listen. Let's have the humility to ask questions. Let's allow God to use this beautiful community that he's placed around us. Because we don't always know the right answers. And we have to learn from each other. And so you see this beautiful relationship unfold between Elijah and Elisha. And then we get to a place where Elijah is now leaving. He is now leaving. And the way that this happens is really touching. Because Elijah knows that his time is coming up. Elijah knows that his time is limited. The people around him know. Elisha knows. Elijah knows. Everybody knows Elijah is leaving. And sometimes I wonder if the story would have looked different if Elijah said, oh, I only have limited time, therefore I must go and continue to, and I must do my best to fulfill God's calling for my life. I, I must go and fulfill God's calling for my life because I only have limited time and I don't want to waste any second, so I'm just going to go. Elijah, if you want to come, then come, but I'm, I'm out of here. 
Instead, what happens is Elijah and Elisha are found talking. Verse 11 says, as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses appeared. They were just being together. And in a moment where Elijah could have had so many priorities, this is where he chose to fix his time. In just being together. Being with somebody of the next generation. And so friends, how can we do this today? Because you know what kills my heart, and I believe it ultimately kills God's heart, is when we separate ourselves in generations to the point where we see each other, but we don't interact, and we don't engage, and we don't know each other. We're family. And I believe that today is a beautiful moment for us to remember. And perhaps, you know, I'm not going to shy away from it. The reality is, is that we would love all of you to serve in kids and youth ministry. We would. Like, just straight up. I'm being completely honest. You don't need all the energy in the world. If you got a little bit of wisdom, you just come on over. We're happy to have you. You can sit there, and students can come and ask you questions. I'll come and ask you questions. And we can just have a great time talking and about Jesus and everything it is that he's done in your life. Because we need you. And so today, as a youth pastor, I'm asking you, what does it look like for you to invest in the next generation? What does that look like for you? It doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't, maybe it doesn't look like youth or kids ministry. Maybe it just looks like, you know, saying hello to a student you've never met before and asking them about their lives. And for students, I'm going to put the same challenge to you because you don't have to wait for somebody to come find you. You go to them. If you see somebody whose faith inspires you, you walk over to them and you ask them about their relationship with Christ. You ask them about their story. You spend time with them. Because friends, we are called to do this together. And I believe that we live in a world that loves to divide all things. Let's divide friendships, families, and generations. And so today, will you join me in fighting for unity? Will you join me in taking a step to bridge that gap between generations? Will you look for a way that God might have you invest in the next generation? Will you look for a way that he might have you learn from the previous generation? We're going to take a moment, and uh, I would love Pastor Terry and Mommy to join me on stage. And uh, we have some prayers 
that have been crafted um, by a mother and daughter uh, in part, as a part of our Orleans campus. And um, Pastor Terry and Damami are just going to pray these prayers. Um, one is from a youth's perspective over uh, previous generations, and the other is from previous generations to this next generation. So let's uh, take this moment and engage in prayer together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the elders you have placed in our lives. We thank you for those who stood alongside our parents and supported our upbringing. We thank you for our church mothers and fathers who have encouraged us and prayed for us. Let us not take for granted the value in hearing the testimonies of those who came before us. Lord, let their faith teach us how to live in faith. Let their patience inspire us to wait and let their unwavering joy spread to us. We thank you for the leadership you have given us so that we may grow into young men, men and women after your own heart. Help them to understand the impact they can have on a young person's life. Lord, help them to grasp the power and authority that you have given them. Give them confidence as they continue to enter their places of work and their homes, that they may know that you go with them, God. Let them feel your presence in every area of their lives. Empower this generation, O oh God, that they may know that, that your purposes and plans in their lives are still coming to completion, that as long as there is breath in your lungs, you, O oh God, are going to do a new thing. Lord, give them the faith to believe that despite their past and mistakes that you are still good. You said that a good father gives good gifts to his kids. So Lord, bless the, this generation and grant them favor. Give them the wisdom of Solomon. Give them the bravery of David. And may you supply them with every need to their riches, to your riches, in glory in Christ Jesus. The body of Christ is not complete without them. Please help them never forget how vital they are to the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you are a student here, if you're under the 18 or under, would you stand to your feet? Just stand up. And uh, just if you are near to someone who's standing, would you just extend a hand in their direction? We just want to pray for you, students. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the most precious gift that our preschoolers, students, and young adults are to the body of Christ. Thank you for the innate desire you gave them to connect with you. As they listen to your word, may the seeds planted in them yield a bountiful harvest in their spirit. May they learn to cast all their cares upon you, knowing that regardless of circumstances around them, your purpose and plans for them cannot be derailed. May they say yes to your call while they are young, just like Jeremiah did when you said to him, Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. May they wisely steward the unprecedented influence you have given their generation through social media platforms, using their influence to bring glory and honor to God. Create a hunger in them for the deep things of God, for repentance righteousness and obedience refresh them with the living waters of revival 
May they reap where their parents and grandparents sowed. And what the enemy stole from the generations before them, may it be paid back multiple fold in this generation. Together as an older generation, we prophesy the following over you, students, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We prophesy a distinctive season of prodigals returning home to be robed by God in their true identity and positioned to claim their true inheritance. We prophesy that you will flee temptation and contend to see God's kingdom come and his will be done in your generation. We prophesy you will be carriers of God's presence and will see the chains of oppression, addictions, confusion, depression, self-hate, and anxiety be broken over your generation. We prophesy you will be a generation that is humble and submitted to God as his hands and feet in your educational institutions, sharing the good news with signs and wonders following. We ask for an impact so great that for every young life the enemy ended prematurely, a thousand young lives will be saved. We prophesy you will be marked by clarity of purpose and your identity centered in Christ that truth, righteousness, and unity will be a hallmark of your generation. We prophesy that in your youth, you will set an example to all believers in love, faith, and impurity. For our young men, we prophesy 1 John 2, 14 over you. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. For our young men, we prophesy Esther 4, 14. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. We prophesy as the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. May he find faith in your generation. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone here says, Amen. Amen.